Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy, and we are coming at you from the Hubbard Broadcasting Studios in the Twin Cities. Thank you for listening. Uh, This week is episode 44, and we are going to be discussing mental health and social media. We have two guests with us today. Our first guest, um, who you've heard before, is Adriana. Hello. (laughs) Adriana is a mental health blogger, and she speaks regularly to groups around the Minneapolis Twin Cities area on mental health issues. She's also a social media coordinator at Hubbard Interactive, where she creates social and email content for all of the brands that we work with. And we also have with us, back again, Anna Johnson. Hello. <laughs> Anna Johnson is a mental health blogger and advocate who founded The Butterfly Path to raise awareness and funds um, for more he- mental health resources mm-hmm. in specifically the Hudson, Wisconsin area. Yep. Um, She's also a social media coordinator here at Hubbard Interactive, and she creates content for brands like Old Dutch Foods, No Name Steaks, and a really amazing nonprofit American Refugee Committee that we work with as well. So I'm excited to have you guys here. Let's get into this week's episode number 44, Mental Health and Social Media. Using social media. What works? What's new? Advice. Trends. And insight. From the creative team at Hubbard Interactive, it's The Social Feed. So the first thing I want to talk about today that we've heard a lot in the media is the term mindfulness, because that's said a lot. What exactly does that mean? Do you guys, what's your definition of mindfulness? Well, I will probably say um, just through different mental health experiences, we started hearing about that. we, as in my mom and I, so my mom is a teacher, and um, we kind of took that in like a mindfulness in the classroom, mindfulness in the workplace, and then it's kind of played into our personal lives. So mindfulness just meaning um, you're more, I don't want to say mindful of your emotions, <laughs> but... Um, That's the word I would use, but yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, you... I don't know. You're able to pinpoint your emotions. Um, like you're more aware. Yeah, aware. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just this kind of, I've gotten asked that a lot, too, and I'm sure you have, too, Adriana. Yeah. But it's like, well, what is mindfulness? But it's, for me, it's just being mindful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so contradictory, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of it is I always do things with intention, So when I interact with people, I'm putting intention behind it, making sure that I'm aware of how my words and actions can affect other people. And also being aware that sometimes stress isn't just stress. It could be anxiety and it could be a lot of other things. So sort of keeping in mind that there could be underlying issues to Mm -hmm. daily behaviors. Yeah. So I really wanted to focus on mental health because you both have the mental health backgrounds with blogging and you're both huge advocates in the community. Um, but not only that, but also because we work in social media and you're ne- you never really turn off because social media never turns off. It's constantly right. going. So I really want to focus this episode on talking about how how do you turn off when you're working in a fast paced environment, um, whether that be social media or just anything in general, and how can you be more mindful to know when your body needs to turn off? So one of the first things we can talk about is how do you unplug from social media, being that you both work in social media? Um, So it's very difficult (laughs) um, because it's right on your phone, and not only do I have my personal social media, but then client social media as well. So I feel like I'm just constantly there. 
Um, for me, signals that I need to unplug, um, typically when I start comparing my life to someone else's like fake Instagram life, um, I yes. always tend or I notice that I tend to put the best version of myself online. Um, now being a mental health advocate, I do post a lot more of the negative side. That's just something that I do to balance it out. I, I always want to be authentic and show who I really am. But sometimes I'm like just doing my nightly scroll. And then it's like, I wish that my apartment looked like that or that I dressed like that or I looked like that or the person that I was was this is this other person. And that's when I sort of need to step back and I'm like, maybe I need to silence my personal social media and then focus on clients. Just you get sort of overwhelmed seeing all of these people out there who are perfect through your phone and they're really not. They just live a normal life and put the best versions of themselves mm -hmm. forward. So for me, I unplug when I start comparing myself and putting myself down when I see someone else. I think mine is when I feel so busy where I feel like I don't even have time to breathe. And it's like, wait, I just kind of want to step back and enjoy life. So when I focus on work, I can just hone in on work and don't have to do my personal stuff. But then once I leave work at like five o'clock and I just am mindlessly scrolling through, it's like that's when I know I just need to put my phone down or sometimes I'll intentionally leave my phone at home or, you know, something like that. Um, for the butterfly path, we actually took a mental health vacation and took a week off and I didn't have to worry about going on social media for that, posting, um, any logistics, answering emails, because it's like you're constantly on your phone answering mm -hmm. emails and not being present. So I think that's huge. Yeah, I've heard a lot now about um, companies in general. Like they're doing these like uh, social media free retreat retreats where you go on a retreat mm -hmm. and then there's like no Wi-Fi. There's you're just in nature. Have you guys heard about these? What do you think about them? I have heard about them. I think... It could either be really good or really bad. Mm -hmm. I do like the idea of, you know, taking a break, having absolutely no connection with the outside world because then you are being present yes. and experiencing things and really taking in everything. But I can also see a side where I'm like addicted to my phone and for sure addicted to social media. So then there's also that line that like, if you do that, people might get a little like <laughs> anxious and they're like, I don't have my phone. Life is off. Like this is not normal. And people can get like mad about it. But I like the idea because it's, it forces you to unplug and really live in the moment. Yeah. I've told myself sometimes if I get way too busy that sometimes I just need to go off to like a wellness retreat and <laughs> take time for just myself because sometimes I like to try to be mindful and just not worry about other people's I think that's a huge thing is worrying about other people's mm -hmm. lives and like you're living through someone else's life when you're going on social media and it's like wait that's not the point of this and so I always say social media can be used for the good and that's like what your platform is is um being real yeah and I don't know, just like things like that. Sometimes if people get too fake on social media, I just unfollow them. Yeah, yep. I'm the same as mean as that yeah. sounds. I'm like, that is so like over the top yeah. like, styled that it's like, that's not even real anymore. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm just like, well, yeah, if it's making me, if it's causing me anxiety or 
sadness or something, what's the point? And I think that's a good lesson for brands too. Like, you don't have to do these over the top, crazy stylized shoots right. to put on social media. Like, that authentic is going to cut through even more because people aren't doing that as much as they well, used to. And that's what I think with some of my clients when I am creating copy. I'm like, okay. Be local. Be, you know, present. Be what, you know, just kind of staying. People like true companies mm-hmm. yeah, and content. That is, it's very difficult sometimes working with some of our clients because, like, I want to be authentic as myself, but sometimes clients don't want that. And they want, you know, their Instagram to look perfect and all put together with, like, color stories and all of the images being uniform and it makes it very difficult sometimes to create content that really shows the brand because we're showing a brand that we want people assuming that they are instead of who they really are yeah and i think that's also what stresses me out sometimes about social media is you see these perfect instagrams and even just the layout and i think that's just us being in the marketing world is that is what we see and mm-hmm. other people don't see that. But it's like, it takes a lot of work to have a nice looking social media platform, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. So sometimes I have to be like, realistic, Anna. <laughs> <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> yep. Progress, not perfection. Yes. Yep. Progress, not perfection. Yes. The one thing that I've done um, that's helped me a ton because I've been doing in this position with social media for about six years now. And so with the constant notifications, I've actually turned notifications off on my phone. Mm -hmm. So I don't get the push one. So I'll go in there and I'll check like on an hourly basis, I'd probably say. (laughs) Um, So it's definitely still um, more than I probably should. But just by not having that little red circle with the number has completely changed a lot for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's – I got – I had the business manager app on my phone and it lasted for two days and I had to take it off because just with, you know, community management, I just was on my phone more. The number, notification number gave me anxiety. (laughs) And I was like, what I was doing before I had this app was perfectly fine. (laughs) I don't need to. You just got to figure out what what works for you. And especially if you're someone who's managing social media or you're someone who maybe you do social media and a ton of other things at your company. Like there's little things like this, like turn off notifications, Mm -hmm. like still check it, obviously. Right. But you don't need to do it every Mm -hmm. time you see that pop up there right away. Yeah, the business manager is really rough because I (laughs) always have 120 notifications on there. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to check that. It's going to sit there and not touching it until the end of the week. Yeah, be in this world where everything and I'm totally guilty of it is I want instant gratification. So it's like if I comment on someone's Facebook page, I want a response in the next five minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard because there's there's a real person on that other end that's mentally dealing with all of that as well. Or on Facebook, because I'm just I get really competitive sometimes with it. So when Facebook <laughs> says reply faster to yes, get the yes, do. to get the icon, I am literally like I need to be on here. I need to you know message back whether I send just a thumbs up or whatever. I'm like I will get that icon on my Facebook page. <laughs> I think one thing too um, that we've been looking into for a couple clients is like automated messages, where depending on how someone yes. comments on your messages on your page, you can have specific responses back. Mm-hmm. And then a real person will get back to you, but just so they have that instant gratification. But then you can have more follow-up depending on what Smart. the customer needs. So I'm really curious how that automation is going to roll out in the next six months to a year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So we've been talking about unplugging from social media. So when you do unplug, what are some things that you do to kind of recharge yourself? Um, I know Adriana's all about essential oils. Love them. <laughs> so kind of talk about that, what that looks like when you unplug. So uh, for me, I mean, it really depends on the day that I'm having. So if I'm unplugging because I feel that I'm having a down day with depression, for me, sometimes like recharging is taking a nap and not moving out of bed. And that for me is just amazing. And I need that. Other times it's taking a bath just to like relieve anxiety. I'm a big advocate for essential oils. I love them. She's like a ton um, at her desk. <laughs> I do. And I have just like a box full in my apartment. So sometimes it's also meditating. So turning all my lights off, just sitting in a dark room, putting my pets away where they can't disturb me, mm-hmm. using essential oils. I also use a lot of crystals to like sort of balance out my energies. And I just sit, listen to like calming spa music and just live in the moment and sort of like think things through. Cause sometimes my mind is just going a hundred miles per hour and I need to slow it down and just think like, what are my next steps? Like, how do I get over what's going on? You know, like take a look back, like what was it that triggered my anxiety or depression in the first place? How can I fix that? Yeah. And another thing I need a clean environment. (laughs) So I am very, I have to be organized. I have to have Mm -hmm. just, I will organize my closet probably five times until I am content. I do the same thing. So I think it's normal if I, you know, then you just feel like your life is a little more organized. Mm -hmm. But then another thing is I learned in my, it's called dialectical behavior therapy. And one thing is called distress tolerance. I don't know, Adriana, if you've ever heard of that. I've not. It basically is you're not supposed to stay in this zone for it's supposed to be short term. So that's like stopping what you're doing and watching Netflix, like a movie for like an hour or so. And then you can it kind of helps you recharge, I guess. And then you can go back to doing what you're doing. Okay. Because sometimes it's like if I'm not going to do whatever I'm doing to my best ability, I'm going to recharge. And then, yeah, sometimes I just get anxious, like Mm -hmm. doing too much at the same time. So my best like social media days come when I'm out with friends or like not between nine and five. Yeah. So I think having that nine to five structure is just it's very um, suffocating sounds intense, but it Mm -hmm. is a little bit because when you're trying to come up with creative content and just anything regarding being in a creative industry, it's really hard to be forced to do it in that box set of time. So I think doing yeah. things like that, like watching Netflix or going somewhere to get inspired or going for a walk can just help you open up your mind a little bit. Yeah, I know around like 3 o'clock I get very – I just feel stuck. Oh, yeah. There's a and slump. So, There's a serious yeah. slump. <laughs> and so then when it's nice out, I just go around the block. And then I'm like, okay, I got like five, ten minutes of just fresh air. And then yeah. – you know, we both talked about how it's – will be – it'll be like 9 o'clock and it's like, oh – I have an idea or yeah. I'm just copy is coming to me and and I yep I sometimes I'll be sitting at my desk and I am just staring at a screen and I'm like I have no good ideas right now why mm-hmm. am I sitting here and I'm just like you know what let me take a break like whether it's going home and like taking my dog on a walk and then jumping on later because I always yep. 
it's like I'm ta- getting ready to take a shower or something. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a yes. great idea. And it's 10 p.m. And I'm like, I need to do this now yep. because this good idea is going to leave. So yep. I like know my patterns. Like if I wake up too early in the morning, like my day is not going to happen because <laughs> I just like feel so tired and that feeling I'm just not creative because I'm thinking about how tired and like how tired I am and how I need to sleep. Yeah. So sometimes like I need to go home and take a nap and then work and everything yeah. just comes back. I think that's why I like waking up early is because then I already feel recharged, like extra recharged. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'll sit on my phone and I'm like, oh, we need to do this for this client or this would be cool because I'm already scrolling up. That's the first thing you do when you wake up mm-hmm. is go oh, on social media. media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what just like gets my creative ideas flowing and then, so I'm always up by five in the morning. No. <laughs> Everyone except for Anna's like, no. But. Like, on a good day, I wake up at eight and then I'm like rushing to get ready. I'm like, I need to get to work. I just started doing this where I don't get on social media in the morning until I get to work. Oh, because then I just, I have noticed that in the mornings I'm getting ready and it's like, oh, let me check my phone while I'm getting ready. And it takes 15 minutes out of my morning for me to scroll through Instagram and Facebook, catch up on notifications. So if I just like immediately put my phone in my purse and I don't check it, my morning is so much faster. I do it while I'm drinking my coffee in bed. (laughs) I have heard, I've read a lot of articles that the most successful people are morning people. So that's I'm right. Wor- I'm, working, I'm working on it, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, so you guys had mentioned some like um, items for relaxation, like essential oils. Um, and Audrey, you mentioned about like taking a bath, like maybe like bath salts. What are some other things that people could maybe buy or have around them when they're trying to relax? Hmm. I actually got one of the happy lamps. Oh, oh wow. I've heard about like those. a salt lamp? No, oh, I have that too. I have a salt mm-hmm. lamp and then I have a happy lamp, which is just like, it's literally a box and it just, it's supposed to be like sunlight. Oh. So yeah, I, I keep it out in the wintertime. Rainy D. days like today would be perfect for it. Cause my, I don't know about you, my mood gets down mm-hmm. when it's rainy. Oh, I do too. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I just need something. I need that light. I need, so. Yeah. It's just common in the Midwest, too, for this weather. So I think that's why. Yeah. But I have a Himalayan salt lamp, which I really like. It's a weird thing when people don't know what it does, but you sort of feel that, like... I feel balanced. Yeah. <laughs> when I have that. And the energy just feels a lot better. Um, yeah. Of course, like an essential oil diffuser, if you want to try essential oils, oh, yes, yes. just releasing those. It also helps pets. So if people have pets... Mm-hmm. They like lavender. So at night, I always have lavender because I sleep better. And then, like, my dog passes out. So it's perfect. No Cute. one is awake at night. <laughs> um, yeah, your favorite bath salts, always keeping those on hand if you need to, like, take a bath and relax. Gosh, I don't know. I have sage because um, sometimes oh, I yeah. will, like, cleanse my apartment. I sort of, when it's rainy or even in the winter, I get, you know, you aren't in the best mood like seasonal depression is for sure a thing oh yeah and that affects sort of what your apartment feels like if you're always like coming home in a bad mood or you're really anxious and stressed sometimes I'll just like cleanse my apartment and it sort of 
gets rid of like the negativity and I have like a clear mindset and it sounds insane, but for me it works <laughs> yeah. really well. So I'm a big advocate of like feng shui. Like yes, I'm around. all about that. Like when you mentioned about like cleaning your closet and stuff, like mm-hmm. I'll do that if I'm like at work. I'm like I just my my clot my thoughts are super cluttered. I'll organize my desk or I'll clean my desk or I'll move yep. things around in a different mm-hmm. way. Even if it's just a couple switches of things, yeah, it somehow freshens up your space. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. love doing that too. I am a super organized person. For me, it's not just being organized. I actually do have OCD. So if one tiny thing is off, like I will go and fix it like nonstop. Yes. So for me, if you know, like my closet is color coordinated by lengths and like, it's just like taking the organization. (laughs) I need you to come help me me with my closet because mine's like, what is going on here? For me, it's like organization, but to the next step, because if, if it is uncluttered, I just start to legit panic and I just Mm -hmm. will have a mental breakdown and it, you know, like my parents are like, gosh, it's so dramatic. I'm like, I can't help it. <laughs> so it's really important for like my desk to be super organized. Otherwise, I will not function at all because all I will think about is how I need to clean and yeah. like get this done. And sometimes if I don't like make my bed in the morning or I know I didn't make it well, like I'll sit at work and it's 2.30 p.m. and I'm just like, I didn't make my bed and it just gives me anxiety. So I just need to have it organize and then my day yes. is amazing they do say if you at least make your bed in the morning you feel you are more productive because it's like you accomplish at least one thing to that day mm-hmm. by making your bed yeah i think the biggest thing too is with you when you're stressed out is just to talk to people you know and what are your guys' thoughts about that like if you're feeling really stressed is talking with someone else help help that yes because then sometimes like i did that yesterday with a coworker. And it wasn't even about work stuff. It was just like life. And sometimes you don't know why you're stressed. You just feel stressed. Mm -hmm. And I was saying that. And then they were connecting with me about it by saying they felt the same way. And then it was just like, ah. Yeah. Like you just felt normal and okay. Yep. I do that a lot where I'm like, let's grab coffee and just talk about life because I'm feeling stressed and I just need to talk. And Mm -hmm. like another thing is sometimes – if I don't want to talk to someone, I just need to go home and have a good cry. <laughs> like, sometimes that helps so much if I'm feeling really anxious and stressed out. I just need to go home and cry <laughs> by myself. And then it's just like, it's gone. Like, yes. I just needed to release it yep. somehow. Let those emotions out. Yep. Yes. yes. It's yes. totally a thing. Yep. So we've talked a lot about dealing with stress on your own. Um, whether that's when you go home from work, but with mental health in the workplace, what are your guys' thoughts on if someone is dealing with stress and they're at work and what does that look like? How do you deal with that? So for me, I always want to make sure that I have a relationship with a manager where I can Mm -hmm. say, you know, maybe it's not stress and maybe I'm anxious, not just because of work, but because of these other things. And sort of having a workplace that's understanding that those things happen and that sometimes a sick day doesn't mean I have a fever and a sore throat. Sometimes a sick day is I legit can't get out of bed because yes. like I'm overwhelmed and I just need this day to sleep and like recharge. And if I come to work, I'm not going to be productive. It doesn't make sense. Right. So... For me, I think it's important for management to realize that, you know, workers 
are dealing with these things. And like, if you're too stressed out, you're not productive and you're not doing anything for the company. Like you can hurt other people's productivity because if you come in with a ton of anxiety, you're probably not in a good mood and that affects everyone else. Yeah. I think it's also becoming just more acceptable too in the workplace now that people know that it literally, I don't know. I'm all about like the, it's with stress and anything. It's, it's your brain you know it, literally it's like a mm-hmm. being physically sick but it's just like i don't know and so i think um companies are more accepting of it and everyone's now realizing that it is okay yeah so yeah and especially now it's so strange that anna's also a mental health <laughs> blogger because yes. this community is very small but now if you look at it on like a national scale it's growing a lot mm-hmm. so you see a lot more people speaking out on mental health and companies also realizing that mental health it's not oh she's just having a bad day and can get over it it is legitimately an illness yeah so as soon as companies realize those things you know it makes it better for everyone else and that mental illness isn't just depression and anxiety it's eating disorders ptsd it's all of these other things yeah, so it's also a lot of different things you know your coworkers realizing what are the signs of something so that if you are trying to ignore it and not bring it up like they can sort of sit down with the manager and be like hey like i've noticed x y and z about mm-hmm. this person like maybe it's a conversation that needs to be had that they need a day off because we notice that they're off yeah yeah i also just think just knowing that it is okay in your workplace, it just amps productivity and, I don't know, you know, it just makes you f- feel like a more productive worker. Yeah. Because you know that it's okay, you know, mm-hmm. just more welcoming. Yeah, I truly feel like that this has been around forever. People just never talked about it. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting that people are finally saying, you know, oh, you know, like this is a real thing. And because I remember like in college when I was first diagnosed with anxiety, they were like, they just thought I was sick. Like, you know, they're like, oh, yep, you just have the flu or something. Yeah. I'm like, no, this feels like more, than, like something else is going on. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been really interesting to kind of see how it's been being yeah. more integrated into. And we're actually, um, the reason I want to talk about this today too is because we're now doing a training. Um, we have different training sessions going on at Hubbard whenever we have a hire new team member on. And your guys' training session for the new tim- team member is on mindfulness. Yep. So... Everything, you know, we talk about content, community management, how to do, you know, graphic design, photography, video, everything included. And then our last section is mindfulness because it is such a big part of the workplace yes. and, yeah. and dealing with that. And if your mental health isn't good, then it's really hard to be productive throughout the day. Yeah, it's kind of perfect that it's like one of the last things too. It just mm-hmm. kind of bring, I feel like it just brings the whole training session as a yeah, whole. Like kind of nice yeah, little, yeah. Little, nice little bow on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just works out. Yeah. I can definitely hear hear some people listening to this going, oh, those those millennials. But <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it's part of the it's part of what's happening and it's only yes. gonna get more and more integrated into the everyday workplace. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited about it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think it's amazing that all of this is coming into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, oh millennials, you guys just don't know how to handle stress. And it's like <laughs> No, we actually realize that like these are illnesses and sometimes these things aren't normal, yet they are normal to feel that way. Mm -hmm. So I think it's super powerful that even we're doing a training within our own team on mindfulness. It's such a big step to like making sure that everyone is like physically and mentally healthy. So have you ever been in a situation where you've been in a workplace that 
management didn't agree with what, you know, what was going on and what was happening with you or just wasn't accepting of it. Yeah, I've gotten, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, before I even really started my whole advocacy, I have gotten asked, um, like, why are you not happy? Or kind of just different things like that. And I think that has just sparked more questions in my mind of um, how to make a change in that area. So it's more of um, also my family just has like this motto of um, if someone is cranky or anything, maybe they are just having a bad day, but you don't also know if something went on or, you know, if maybe something made them set, you know, like there's different things that just, I don't even want to say like trigger those emotions, but you get it. It's yeah. sometimes it's so hard because I know like the feeling because I personally have been in that situation. Um, but it's more of the people who were understanding right away. It just lifted such a weight off my shoulder that then to have people who ask me why am I not happy, it was just like, oh my gosh. Like, like I'm how can you explain this yeah. in like even an hour? Yeah, know? because like, it is like neurologically, you just, yeah, it's not wired. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think in the workplace, for sure, at, at like multiple jobs where, you know, management doesn't really understand that, no, I'm not just stressed out. Like, I, this is all happening. And even like, you know, people asking the question, why aren't you happy? You have this going for you and this going for you. You have a college mm-hmm. degree, you have a job, you know, you're financially stable, you're independent, like you have all of these reasons to be happy. And then the com- it's always like a comparison where it's like, well, look at homeless people. They're happy. Yes. How come you're not happy? Or like, at, you know, all of these other people dealing with all of this stuff that's way worse than what you're going through yet they're happy. And it's sort of a weird conversation to explain that it's like, it's not that I'm not happy, but, you know, my brain just doesn't understand what's going on. And it's like, I can't help the fact that I'm feeling this way. Yes, I think that's a huge thing. It's like, if there was a switch that I could just turn on, believe me, I would turn it yeah. on. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. It'd be on. It'd be on all the time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, if I could easily just be happy and it was like that and I was just like, oh, let me smile because I'm happy and I have all this thing, yep. these things happening, I would for sure do it. That's the issue is that it's not that simple. It is like a chemical imbalance that's making you feel this way. It's nothing in your environment that's causing yes. that. Like it's all in your head. And it's a very difficult conversation to have when people don't get it. And I know, you know, like the first time times that I like talk to my family members about what was mm-hmm. going on. And it's just, you know, it isn't just me being stressed about things like I do have really bad, like crippling anxiety where I just can't function because I'm so anxious or I'm depressed or I'm like going through all of these things and they trigger one another. That conversation was really difficult because like, my mom's always like, get over it. Like, you're going to be fine. You know, things are always going to be okay. But for me, like hearing that, I'm just like, okay, but I'm still feeling this way. And like, you're not understanding that. Right. So I just like 
it just it can last a lifetime trying to explain it to someone. Yeah. And then, you know, people asking you, well, why did it happen to you? How did yes. you fall into like doing all of these things? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I never really think about why it just happened. And here we are. Yeah. And that's that. I know. That's why I my family is all about communication. And my mom had a psych minor. So we were all about like you know, just understanding it. Um, but yeah, I've had people ask me and tell me that other people have it mm-hmm. worse or something like that, you know, and it's like, hey, we all have our hard, but yep, we're all in it together. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially with, um, in the news lately, it's not just, I mean, we were talking about millennials earlier. It's not just millennials. It's, you know, with like Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade. Yes. Um, and those major news stories coming out, you know, it's not just affecting people who are millennials. It's affecting middle-aged people the most, actually, based mm-hmm. on when they were looking at like suicide rates and the age range, middle-aged people are dealing with it the most out of anyone. So it's just kind of crazy. You yeah. know, if you don't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you just, you need to take care of yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I mean... That was like devastating to hear. And you still see on social media, even millennial sharing like, you know, Kate Spade was like an inspiration. She had all of this going for her, made tons of money. And like, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. Like she had all of the reasons in the world to be happy. And it's like, you know, there's other things. It's not just about being happy or successful. You know, it's the mental health thing. Right. And also that also kind of proves that money doesn't make you happy. Because right. I think a lot of people think, oh, if I had more money, I'd be happier. Well, no. Like that. More money, more problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a real yeah. thing. Right. Um, <laughs> well, and that's all about part of my nonprofit is we're um, donating money to a local Minnesota nonprofit that does suicide research. Because a lot of it is, yeah, you could have a happy lifestyle, but seriously, there's just some, the brain works in so many weird ways that we just haven't found out some of the reasons why. Yep. And a lot of times you won't, you know, and the person who started this nonprofit, he was telling us that even if someone, you know, you think you know why it happened, they're not in the right mindset to even write a letter or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll probably never, know why and so that's why i was like you know what we are gonna get more research we are going to start finding answers and then yeah you know just help others it's crazy and you know when you look at older generations for me a big thing you know when i like realized so a part of my blog i talk about my past with eating disorders i had anorexia and bulimia sort of combined um And a lot of people ask me, you know, like, why did that happen or why did you let it happen? And, you know, for things like that and even depression, I couldn't tell someone that I had a problem because I didn't realize that I had a problem. So with mental health, you have to sort of sit back and you have to realize that something is wrong before you can speak out about what's wrong with you. Like, if I can't own up to it, I can't own up to it with someone right. else. Right, Like, I didn't understand that I had depression until someone actually told me. You know, like, a doctor told me, and I was like, mm-hmm. that's why I couldn't get out of bed, or that's yeah. why, you know, just, like, just little things. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the big lesson is just, if you're suffering with it, take care of yourself, and if you see someone yes. else, just be supportive, and don't, 
turn yep. someone away or down just because they're being kind of snotty that day. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's we're all kind of snotty, like, once in a while. <laughs> self-care is not selfish. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. That'll be our... Self-care is not selfish. <laughs> Love, yep. that. Love that. <laughs> is there anything that coworkers can do or friends that are seeing someone suffering, like, that they can do to help out besides saying... Are you okay? Because that's you <laughs> right. Know. Right. I've gotten a lot of questions about that too um, with my nonprofit and blog. And what I say is just keep sticking by their side because you might, the person who's struggling, they will fight back and say mm-hmm. they don't need your help. But it's like, again, that's not them speaking. So it's just like you stick by their side and you don't, you know, you don't leave. Yeah. Um, for sure. For me, sometimes it's just like, going on a walk with someone else Mm -hmm. and also I know myself so I know that when I am feeling really depressed and really anxious and like the world is crumbling I isolate myself so I don't talk to other people Mm -hmm. I'm sort of very quiet in my own space and that's like the red flag that something's going on and I always push people away because I'm fine I'm fine leave me alone I just need to be alone when I don't need to be alone, I'm just telling you right. that I need right. to be alone. So for me, it's like coworkers realizing like, hey, she usually talks a lot and she hasn't spoken all day or in the past two days. That's when like, you know, I am obviously going through something and you should get me to talk about what's going on. Yes. Because it helps me even though I don't think it's going right. to. And I think that's what helps just even keeping the open conversation about mental health in general is it helps people feel comfortable with sticking by someone's side or, mm-hmm. you know, asking what's up. Yeah. So we've talked about a lot of different things today and um, we have a ton of links to, you know, playlists you can listen to on Spotify to help you unwind and relax, Mm -hmm. some essential oil links on Amazon about some good kinds you can buy, and a bunch of other things as well to help you um, just just be relaxed when you won't need that time to to calm down and and relieve some stress. So all these links can be found in the show notes section on episode 44 at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP44. Also, please let us know what you think about the podcast um, by rating us and reviewing us on iTunes. You can also tweet at us at Hubbard Interact, or you can slide into our DMs at Hubbard Interactive. And please make sure to subscribe to the Social Feed Podcast with Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player to get a brand new episode delivered right to you every Wednesday. Thank you, Adriana, and thank you, Anna, for being on today and we'll see you guys all next week the social feed is a production of hubbard interactive with music provided by minneapolis-based artist john atwell